0: is it okay to be sassy to siri we're talking about that and so much more in today's innovative teacher podcast episode nisha who is an expert at ai's gets to talk to us and tell us exactly how to approach this awesome concept with our students we get to talk to her about how she teaches ai's and her company even that has free resources so that you can add this to your room easily so stay tuned for a great episode we can't wait to learn and grow with you
1: The Innovative Teacher Podcast is created for teachers to learn and grow together and move their classrooms forward. Current K-5 STEM teachers Naomi Meredith and Spencer Sharp dive into various technology topics. They talk Makerspace, STEAM, and PBL, and other hands-on tasks to engage your students. Every Thursday, they bring you the best in technology in the classroom, from interviewing people to real examples from our own classroom, They fully believe that being an innovative teacher is what will separate you from the rest of the pack. Turning your classroom into something that you love and are passionate about. So come join them as we try to impact the world of education. And now, your hosts, Naomi and Spencer. Thank you
2: much for being here nisha this is such an amazing topic and i'm so glad that you reached out and that we've connected because i think our listeners are really going to enjoy this and i think that this is a topic that most listeners and teachers don't really think about because it is fairly new and it's not as common as the conversation. So um I think this is going to be really amazing. But before we dive in deep, just tell us more about yourself and
3: what you do and we can we can go from there. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Um Really looking forward to the conversation. So um, yeah, so my name is Nisha. I'm an engineer by training. I've been, you know, doing software engineering for a long time. Uh, and I've been in the artificial intelligence space for about seven years now. And I used to actually work for you know in more of the enterprise side of artificial intelligence which is you know helping large companies build you know safe and you know well-behaved AIs. About two years ago I started this company uh, Pixita which is you know runs a website called AIClub.world and we focus on AI education primarily for K through 12 and so that's what we do. Cool.
2: Has there always been an online space to share that education with students or do you guys push into schools with different products as well
3: so we actually do both um so we uh, we had both prior to the pandemic we both had on-site as well as mm-hmm. online classes and then obviously you know with the pandemic we moved everything online but we're also in a number of schools now and so and school districts that are also you know um sending students oh that to-
2: is so cool so right. do they interact with like um like how does the platform work or like how do like what does a typical lesson look like for kids?
3: Absolutely. So one of the things that, you know, has happened in the last few years that, you know, we've also built upon with some of the technology that we've built is to make it very, very easy for kids to build AI. And oh. so the thing that we take is really a very top down approach. You know, what the idea is every student in all of our classes builds an AI on their first day. Oh wow. oh, wow. And what we do is we basically build a very simple one, which is let's build an AI to predict whether you're happy or sad huh. based on things that you type in. And the nice thing about it is that it doesn't take very long to build, but it gives them a really good understanding of what it means to teach an AI. Yeah. And then they learn what it knows, what it doesn't know. Then they learn that they can teach it and make it better, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And so that approach has worked out really well. You know we do it uh, with students from fourth grade up, so we teach fourth grade to 12th grade, and all of them are extremely hands-on, all of them are extremely interactive, and obviously, you know, the the more senior students get deeper very quickly. Yes. Able to appreciate more of the internals because they can understand the programming and the math, but the younger students can still appreciate the notion that it will, that AI has to learn, that it has to be taught. That it can make mistakes right and that there's a role for a human in that process and things like that and so so that's the approach and it's worked out really well because when you when they build something and it becomes their own and particularly the moment they teach some an ai something and it's very much what they've taught it they have a very personal interest in seeing it better and therefore learning how it works and so that's the approach that we've taken that's you know
0: Yeah, I was just going to say the part that like kind of stood out to me and I don't know why, but it just kind of does because I'm kind of like a math freak. You were talking about the math. So I know I was going to ask you to kind of explain what an AI is, but I feel like you kind of did that. So like the math concept for the younger students, what does that kind of look like? Just because I'm very interested in that.
3: Yeah. So, So what happens is that we typically, we've tailored our curriculums to kind of match what students naturally learn in math and their okay. school. So our elementary curriculum, for example, has no math in, in it. Oh, okay. So the AI concepts more about AIs need to learn. AIs yeah. can make you know predictions and decisions based on what they learn. The AIs can be taught. How do you teach an AI? How do you know if it's made a mistake? Stuff like that. You know, okay. when it comes to middle school and they've done maybe just a little bit of, you know, they can understand concepts like percentages and accuracies and ratios and things mm. like that. Then they can understand that if an AI has 80% accuracy, it means that it got 80% of its questions right. Okay,
0: wow. Okay,
1: that's
0: super, because I know like we were talking about earlier, my students did like some AI activities this year. And one thing I tried to teach, and you probably can give me some more insight on this. So This makes me kind of excited so I can teach it better, is... They were kind of like well how does it know like if i give it this then it needs to do this and we talked about if then statements kind of before that mm-hmm. and i'm like you kind of got to think of it as an if then statement but you're you're training it to know like if because the program we were using it was like if it does this then this happens and so they were kind of like set to kind of training it and i related it back to that if then statement is that something that's like true you would say uh,
3: yes in some sense yes okay, so the- <laughs> <laughs> So the way that we uh, actually we teach this is that we help students understand that AI is a way to solve their problems and not Mm -hmm. always the right way. And what we call rules are another way. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you already if you know something like if it is hot, I'm not going to go out. Mm -hmm. If it is cold, you know, I'm going to go out or something like that. Mm -hmm. You don't really need an AI for that. That's a rule right now the place where ai's become important is when the thing is sufficiently complicated that it's hard to write rules mm. so, so, for example say that i i told you that i'm going to type any english sentence i feel like typing and you're going to tell me whether it's happy or sad your brain can do that trivially right your brain yeah. somewhere along the way learned to make a judgment call right or wrong but mm-hmm. if you try to write a rule what am i going to do look for the word sad it may not be in there true right. say i feel terrible which clearly means I'm sad, but the word sad isn't in there. Now, am I going to look for the word terrible? That may not be in there either.
0: Wow. Yeah. So
3: so what we basically teach students is if you can come up with a rule, use a rule because they're usually better. Right. If you try to come up with a rule and you can't find one, AI is really good at stuff like that. It's good at finding patterns that are hard for humans to express. That is
0: so cool too, because I feel like you could relate that to many subjects, like you said in those sentences and... Like you could even talk about, you know, words that are similar, but mean the same thing. And that's so cool too because like it's something that you could teach in multiple subjects, which is what, you know, a lot of times we talk in here because like the number one thing we hear from teachers is like, well, it's so hard to teach this in my day as if I already don't have enough going on. But we're always talking like cross-curricular. How can we, you know, add this in? And like the examples you gave, I thought were so perfect for that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things I think we really liked is that, you know, AI can be applied in many ways, mm-hmm. right? It can be applied to science, it can be applied to medicine, it can be applied to math, for example. And mm-hmm. one of the exercises that some of our kids do is we teach an AI math. Like supposing an AI did not know how to compute an average <laughs> and you teach it. And what you realize when you teach it is that it never actually learns that it's an average. It just creates a pattern that's almost identical.
0: Oh, wow, I didn't ever think about that.
3: You know, and so it's like, say you, you taught an AI to figure out the average of four numbers Every all the students in middle school know that you multiply everything by a quarter and you add it up and you got your average. The AI will come up with something extraordinarily close to a quarter, but not quite.
0: Oh. oh wow. <laughs> I didn't. Re- I guess I've never even thought about it. That is considered like a pattern like that. That's kind of mind blowing if you think of it that way.
3: Yeah. So so that's another way to think about it. If the pattern is obvious, no need to involve an AI. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. It's there wow.
3: patterns that are not obvious, so that it can tell you if there's a pattern there that you may not even be able to see. Mm -hmm. Wow. That
0: is incredible. Naomi, before you do your next question, this is a great time for us to pause for one of our favorite segments, the Innovative Teacher Corner. Hello, Innovative Teachers. I'm so excited for the Innovative Teacher Corner as we are talking about Blackbird. Blackbird is an innovative coding learning software company committed to excellence in education, ensuring that every student is taught to code. Log in for free at their website at blackbird.com code.com. I know my students have been using it, and we absolutely love it. It's so awesome to see the kids do lines of code rather than block coding, and it's something you should jump into right now. So head over there and start your free, yeah, that's right, I said it, free account at www.blackbirdcode.com. Okay, so I love
2: hearing this Cross-curricular and how to break it down for students. And when when you and I were talking um, previously, it came up that um, like the etiquette when you're speaking to AI, the ones that can communicate back to you. And so when I was talking about this with fifth grade a little bit, we were talking about digital citizenship. And I, at least in my class, there was half and half. It was split. Some students felt that. It's okay to not talk nice to Siri. (laughs) Like some kids thought that, oh, and the nicest kids too. I was surprised. They're all, well, I am nice all the time. I never get to talk mean to anybody. So Siri's my chance to do it. (laughs) And yeah, I'm all, and it's like this nice, quiet kid. I'm like, whoa, um, okay. And then other kids said, no, you shouldn't be practicing being rude. Like you should always be nice no matter what. So what kinds of, you've written an article about this that I think our listeners should read, but like, what are your thoughts and what have you heard about like that etiquette when it comes to AI in our worlds? Cause it's not gonna I'm, go away.
0: I'm super excited to hear about this. Cause Naomi told me about this yesterday about your article. And I was like, I wanna ask my students this but I wanna know how to approach it because yeah. I'm like, I think this is super interesting. Cause I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes I'm mean to Siri. Like when I get really and mad. I'm- and now I feel bad about it and I feel guilty a little bit. So
3: <laughs> Yeah, no, no it's it's an interesting question and I and I wrote it I wrote the article partly because I have a 12-year-old daughter. Yeah. So mm. a lot of you know what you know I did for AI club kind of came from my personal experiences teaching her. You mm-hmm. know, and my discussions with her about various things, including this topic. And I mean, like many things involving AI, it's kind of an open question, right? And what I typically try to tell students is it's not so much that I have the right answer, but they should realize that they should have an opinion. Oh. And the fact that they have an opinion and maybe they can understand what's good or bad about each position is probably the more important thing, ah, not so much that you cool. must do this or you must do that. Now, the lines of thought around this topic are very kind of interesting. So on one hand, I think, you know, there are a group of people who kind of feel like you, you, it sh- you should not be, as AIs become closer and closer to sounding like humans, they're not, and not even close to being and anything yeah, to humans, kids, but okay. they sound like it. Yes. Maybe it's not a good practice to teach children how to be rude to them, because it suggests that maybe they might be rude to a human later. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and-
0: that's interesting. Yeah.
3: And there's an open distinction among young children about whether young children fully even appreciate that this is not a person. Uh-huh. Do they know that it's a computer or do they think it's a person somewhere else who's talking to them through a little box? Yeah. Do we I, really know which yeah, one? I, it?
2: They, we were, that was one of the questions, like how would you explain AI to a little kid? That was one of the discussion topics because yeah, that's. I, little kids think it is a person. Not all, but a lot of them
3: do <laughs> well so one thing i've kind of noticed you know when i've been teaching you know even fourth graders, that they're surprisingly perceptive they know it's not a you know in yeah. fact they may be more perceptive and more aware of how to handle an alexa than their parents just because they <laughs> know, how to, kids, they know right? how to order things so, yeah. yeah so they're you know so i think they're they're quite capable of picking it up but those are i think some of the trade-offs now one of the thing i think the nice things that you can maybe notice is the assistants are getting kind of, you know, they're able to talk back, and they're being intent, <laughs> like, you know, they they're being intentionally programmed to not, you know, to basically kind of temper the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and some assistants, I'm not going to name names, but some assistants are, are more polite than others.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> and you that's, can kind of get, kind of, you can rate the attitude level of an assistant based on you can, you know. <laughs>
2: Is there like something like with the science of making them sound more human-like? Like, are they trying to make them sound more like you're interacting with a human? I know there's a whole um, work around that. I mean, just that human piece.
3: Oh, absolutely! And in fact, in one, you know, in some of our classes, particularly with the younger students, we play a little game where we um, just share with them the audio of two people talking. And we asked them which one is the human and it's surprisingly hard to tell. Oh. And it's basically a person calling to make a haircut appointment. So there's on one hand, there's someone making an appointment. There's another person at the hair salon trying to find them a good slot. And the two of them are having a conversation. And this by the way, is a demo from Google from more than two years ago. Yes,
0: I've
2: heard heard that
3: demo. I need to
0: find this.
3: Yes, it's so
2: creepy, but they're trying, I mean, if it can perform a task, I mean, that way it could free up that simple task for that hairdresser example.
3: So, and the kinds of things that we typically kind of ask students is, so what could you tell? And if you couldn't tell, why couldn't you tell? Like, what was it in the mannerisms, right? That made it so hard to tell because the AI doesn't sound like a robot anymore. You know, it doesn't say like, I must make haircut appointment or something like that. <laughs> hey, I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so, can I get a haircut, you know, just like yeah. human might. And so, and then the next question, you know, that we typically ask kids is what do you actually think about that? Like if hmm. somebody were to call you and you don't know if you're talking to a human or a robot, is that okay? Is that not okay? Yeah. You know, and try to kind of get them thinking because the answer is not clear. The opinion the sort of the, the having an opinion or learning that you probably should have an opinion given that these are going to be questions of the future is probably more important yeah right. yeah you're I'm
2: right there isn't a set um, yeah. yes funny. or no on
3: that.
0: one of the things you said that kind of stood out to me you were saying like you know AI kind of when you're with, with the younger kids is kind of how you approach it like how they feel about it because I feel like it's a really interesting topic
1: mm-hmm.
0: how young of an age do you think you can kind of start introducing kids to like how do we approach this and start having kind of that talk around having an opinion about it
3: so um, I think the youngest students that we've taught are about eight years old
0: Because I was, I'm curious because like, I know my third graders are really like intrigued by it this year, but like, it's really weird. Like my fourth grade, I don't know it's the kind of students they are, but they're not near as intrigued by that as they are other things. So I'm like kind of curious, like what age groups and like how they're feeling and just different cool activities like that Google voicing. Cause I never heard of that. And I'm like, now I want to go do that like tomorrow.
3: Uh So, so what happens is, so we've created curriculums for grades four and such, but we're starting to see Mm -hmm. demand in grades two and three as well. Okay. Because I think it's possible to have the conversations and have, you know, do some of the exercises and get them thinking. So mm-hmm. and some of the tools, you know, are so easy to use that, you know, particularly one of the reasons why we kind of, you know, focused on this is because we built some tools ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, so the tools that we built are built to be very easy for kids to use. And so because of that, it's a- enabled us to sort of go further down in the age group and kind of target, you know, the, the level of depth that they, you know, that would be mm-hmm. right for them
0: right yeah so that's those,
3: some other things yeah.
0: that's mind-blowing to me like I feel like I'm learning so much from this I always say that every time we interview everyone but <laughs> everything's always so interesting to me and especially this because I kind of started teaching this year but I don't know a lot about it yet so I guess another great question for the teachers out there that are listening and you know we even have some like homeschool teachers and parents who try to do enrichment activities why would you say it's important for kids to kind of learn about AIs
3: so a couple of things. I mean, uh, first of all, it's all around them even now, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to be even more around them as they grow up, you know, and, and because it's becoming so pervasive, you know, really there are many jobs out there that will have some elements. You don't have to be in computer science to find this in your future. You know, it'll mm-hmm. be in the future of medicine, you know, production, farming, you name it. It's going to be in there. So you know, I consider it a new type of literacy. So the same way that coding is a kind of literacy, you know, AI literacy is basically about sort of this concept that information is all around you and information about you particularly is being gathered by people all around you. And it's being used in all sorts of interesting ways to interact with you. And so it's really helpful for people to just have a working knowledge of how that works. Yes. Mm. If you decide not to go into a technical field, like, you know, if you go in to Amazon and it recommends that you buy socks, probably should know where that came from.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. True. Why did Amazon
3: think I want socks today? You know. Mm. What exactly did I do to give it that impression? So.
0: Exactly. And I mean, I feel like you hit the nail, or the yeah, the nail nail on the head. Did I say it backwards? I feel like I did. <laughs> anyways. on the nail. I don't know. I know. I don't know why. I feel like I said that. Yeah, that was bad. But that's okay. <laughs> that happens. Um, you're talking about like it looked almost being like a literacy standard. And I feel like four or five years ago, I remember when. I was learning how to code, and I was really excited about it. I'm like, these are going to be standards someday. When I hear AI now, now I'm now I'm like, you know, it's going to be two or three years, and we're going to see like coding standards. But I think AI is going to be in those standards. Uh, I really do believe that because I think, you know, we didn't have coding standards for the longest time, and now it's like, yeah, you, you know what? You we have those standards. You need to teach it, and I think this is what's going to be next, like you said, because. It's all around us, and it's only gonna go up as far as awareness, jobs, and kids being exposed to it for sure.
3: Absolutely, yeah. So I think that I think is the key, sort of AI literacy, and sort of being able to kind of enable that, and then how deep they go depends on what they choose to do in Mm -hmm. their careers. But that basic literacy and the ability to sort of, I I don't know, it's, it's kind of there's a lot of hype out there, you know, about AI, but it's really, I mean, it's very exciting, but it's not. The hype that, right you know, things like that like robots are not going to invade your house tomorrow yeah. anything like that <laughs> At the same time chances are you used one this morning and didn't realize it mm-hmm. right and so that's i think is that what we're trying to help students understand is what the reality is and that they're open questions mm-hmm. and you know give them a chance to form an opinion about the open questions not necessarily yeah. answer
0: and i think it's cool too how you kind of talked about you know how it's an open discussion talking about it because i feel like that's when I think AI, I never thought about something like that, like a conversation around it as much as I did like, you know, what are some different things we can build and do, which is important, but I feel like it's good to have a discussion around it because now I'm thinking of like, Oh, I use this this morning. Well, you consider that an AI, just like you said, you don't even realize you're using them until you kind of have this discussion about it. And I think the kids would think that's so neat. And that would kind of like for them be like, Oh, and it would complete that full circle for them to kind of think about, Mm -hmm. you know, how they use ai's in their everyday life and why it's important.
3: Yeah, exactly. So I think just kind of combining those two, which is giving them exercises where they can actually build one, create mm-hmm. one, interact with it, teach it, make it better, relate the concepts they're learning to things they use every day, like okay, how is this related to how oh, an alexa works? Things like that. So that builds up that foundation and one thing we've noticed is that is you know, it seems to greatly increase students' interest in coding and in math.
0: Oh,
3: Oh, yeah, the fact that they want to control this better, they want to actually build something bigger. And guess what? You know, I want to do some coding so that I can build a bigger thing. Or I want to learn some math so that I can figure out how this thing actually works. And so part of it is that some I mean, I find coding and math naturally interesting. I don't really Mm -hmm. need an application to find it fascinating, but many kids do.
2: Right.
3: So learning it in the context of something you're trying to build is, you know, motivates a lot of people.
2: Were you saying when we were talking before that when you were working with your daughter that the girls were really... um...
0: Naomi's at school for all those nice listeners (laughs) out there. Um, I know.
2: You were saying that the girls were really catching on to the AI. Is that what you were telling me before?
3: Yes. So, so one of the things that we you know we've kind of noticed is, and I've noticed this with my daughter as well is, you know, many girls, they tend to be interested in solving problems, right? Particularly like social problems, scientific problems, problems in their community. And so they start with the problem and then they apply the technique. Mm-hmm. So they may not be necessarily interested in building a robot or something. So one of the things that I've found really great about is is that it's really easy to relate to a student, something in the real world they care about Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and explain to them how this technology helps them solve that problem. So in all of our classes, for example, um, and we're introducing this even at grade four is they build a custom project. Something that is their own, that is their idea. and, And as the students are older, the projects are obviously more deeper, more varied and things like that. But at the same time, it's a way for them to apply directly to something they care about and that makes the concepts kind of come alive and this is particularly interesting for girls i think because they they have you know very strong interest in design building an end solution things like that and so it brings the technology to the girl in a very in a nice you know way that you know works for oh definitely oh
2: for sure it's just so cool like how there's just all these other avenues and ways to go about it a new club that maybe some teachers might want to try if they're too scared to try it as a whole class clubs are great options to try something new and then the next year you're more comfortable um adding it maybe in your curriculum but that is so like just so interesting
0: it really is 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 there any like we always like to at the end you know since we're wrapping it up kind of here where can our listeners find you? And then if there's any really exciting projects that you would like them to know about that are coming up.
3: Sure. So um, so I think where we find you, our website is http.aiclub.world. Um, mm-hmm. And our Twitter handle is at AI uh, And so you can also list my email address, you know. On-
0: yeah, we'll put in the notes, all that stuff.
3: Yeah. yeah, you can put them in. And exciting projects that we're working on. So we've actually created um, a... A small set of curriculums that we're handing out to teachers who are interested in trying out AI okay. in classrooms. And so it's about a one hour exercise. It's actually 40 minutes, but one hour, if you, you know, buy yourself a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And so we've had hundreds of students try this out in the last two weeks or so. Oh, wow. So that's something that if your teachers are interested, it's completely free.
1: So, oh, wow.
3: you know, and it comes with basically kind of a full lesson guide, videos, exercise, you know, free accounts and stuff like that. And my, and it might be a great way for teachers to, you know, just you know, try it out in their classrooms and see how, how the kids feel and have a discussion.
0: Right. Wow. That sounds incredible. I know I'm really interested in doing that now that you said that. So thank you so much for being with us today and chatting with us and uh, teaching us a little bit about AIs and really trying to get the teacher world to do the same.
3: Thank you very much for having me. This is a great talk. It
0: <laughs> yeah, so- it was so much fun. We love creating this episode for you today, Innovative Teachers, and we would love to be at your school this year. That's right. We are opening our PD and our calendar is booking up fast. So make sure you reach out to us at InnovativeTeacherPodcast at gmail.com. Do you have a teacher business and you're looking for partners? Well, you can reach out to, for, to us for that as well as we have our Innovative Teacher Corner opened up for many episodes coming up. If you're interested in collaborating with us, You may also reach out to us at the podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media. And lastly, if you want some resources, make sure you check out our exclusive Patreon group where you can just pay $5 a month, a small, like a price of a coffee a month for some STEM resources. We loved making this episode. Thank you for listening today, Innovative Teachers. We will see you in the next episode.
1: This has been the Innovative Teacher Podcast with hosts Naomi Meredith and Spencer Sharp. Tune in next Thursday for another edition as we help teachers learn and grow together and move their classrooms forward. Music by Audionautix.com. Thanks for listening.